34 years. 34 years ago was my first time preaching here in, at New Creation Church. 34 years ago. And uh, so this is my, today's my 18th time. So uh, I've been here a bunch of times. I love your pastors. My wife and I just fell in love with them years ago and just... Uh, I know you guys are blessed to have them as your leaders of this congregation, praise God. So good to be back. Uh, I got real quick, my wife and I just want to thank uh, several of you that are monthly partners with our ministry. You've been supporting us for years. And, and uh, in fact, I just, I thought this was so cool for you partners to share this with you. And since pastor is going to receive a love offering for our ministry, those of y'all that are sowing in to kind of know what you're sowing into, well, like Pastor mentioned, we do a daily television program. We do it on two different networks, on Andrew Walmack's network, gospeltruth.tv, and then also on Global Television Network out of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Global Television Network just sent me an email recently, and they said, Larry, we just wanted you to know, just in the last three months, not the whole year, but just the last three months, people have watched your television program from the following countries, Albania, Algeria, Austria, Australia, Belgium, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Czech Republic, Denmark, Ecuador, Egypt, Hungary, India, Indonesia, Iraq, Jamaica, Pakistan, Republic of Korea, Kuwait, Lithuania, Mexico, Morocco, Nambia, Netherlands, Pakistan, Peru, Philippines, Romania, Russia Federation, Saudi Arabia, Slovakia, Spain, Thailand, Turks and Caicos Islands, Ukraine, United Arab Emirates, United States, and Vietnam. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we are endeavoring to get the Word of God out all over the world, and I'm just so thrilled to to be able to share the, the Word of God everywhere we go, and of course on daily television. So uh, Pastor mentioned we set up our products again. We sold out of almost everything we had last time I was here. I was here in 2019 last and uh, sold out of everything we had. So I brought back, um, uh, how many of you got the deck of cards last time I was here? Okay, a few of you here, some of you maybe weren't, weren't here. I know there's new people. But uh, years ago, the Lord told me to write down a verse of Scripture and take it to work with me and quote it out loud all day long so my own ears could hear it. Like Pastor mentioned, faith comes by hearing, and the best way to hear it is out of your own mouth. And uh, so I did that, and probably by the time I went to bed that night, I had quoted it 70, maybe as much as 80 times out loud so my own ears could hear it. The second morning, the, the Lord said, take that same verse with you again and do that again. And so I did it another 70 or 80 times the second day. The third day, he said, take that same verse with you again. When he said that on the fourth day, I could already quote the verse backwards. I thought, I already know this verse, so I, why don't you give me a new one? I'm ready for a new one. But he had me do the same verse for seven days, and something happened between that third and fourth day when I just had it memorized, like the Pharisees and doctors of the law and scribes. They had the word memorized, but Jesus said, you don't know it. Something happened by that seventh day. The word of God had gotten lodged inside my spirit, innermost being, and it's like I knew. I didn't memorize. I knew the truth. Yeah. And, it was, and then the, the second week, the Lord had me do the same thing, one verse of Scripture for a whole week. And, and he said, what if you do this for one year? I said, I'll have 52 verses of Scripture I can do battle with. Two years, 104 verses. Think about that. So many Christians, they, they know a few verses, but they don't know enough to do battle when the different battles of marriage or finance or physical health or mental, emotional, whatever it is, 
we need to do that. And so God had me put together a deck of cards, one scripture on each card, the front of each card, but on the back of the card, my personal declaration. What do you say? What do you de declare? What are you speaking forth about that particular scripture? And so those are back there. This time I hope I brought enough because everybody was buying stuff for presents and gifts. And, of course, now it's gift time of year at Christmas. These, these make great stocking stuffers. So if you want to get the prescription for health, they're back there. And then our number one seller that we keep selling out everywhere we go, I guess because people keep giving them away or wearing them out or something, but it's called Heaven's Health Food. How many of you have that one? Let me see your hands. I know a bunch of you do. For those of you that don't, it's... Uh, just a scripture recording. I don't preach or teach at all. In fact, we have it queued up, guys. If so, could you roll that real quick? Yeah. Go ahead and give them a sample of that. Says, allow you to suffer the diseases I allowed on the Exodus 15, 26. For I am the Lord who heals you. Aren't you glad he's our healer? The New English Bible says, I, the Lord, am your healer. The Sporel translation says, I am Jehovah your physician. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The basic English translation says, I am the Lord, your life giver. Young's translation says, For I, Jehovah, am healing you. The Knox translation says, I am the Lord, and it is health I bring you. When the Goodspeed translation talks about the diseases, it says, For I, the Lord, make you immune to them. You can cut it right there. Uh, all of our, we have seven different subjects, uh, recordings uh, that you can purchase at the product table. That's just one of them. We have the love scriptures, which we sold out of last time I was here as well. It's our newest. But we also decided to put the health scriptures, the one you just listened to, and the love scriptures on a USB. And so we have a USB back there. Uh, a lot of people are still buying CDs. I just rented a brand new car recently that had a CD player in it. I thought, I thought they'd done away with that, but I guess they realize people are still using them. And so anyway, so we still carry CDs. You can also go to our website, LarryHutton.org, and download MP3s if you prefer. But this USB just has the health scriptures and the love scriptures. I thought, you know, faith works by love, so let's get people full of how much God loves them so their faith will work, be able to take hold of the healing power of God. So that's back there. And then the last one I'm going to mention, too, is my favorite. When people come up to my product table and say, uh, Brother Larry, I'd like to buy, you know, you have seven different recordings on scriptures, different subjects. Which one, uh, if I'm going to buy just one, which one should I buy? And I always tell them, in him, in him scriptures. Because it's two hours and 20 minutes of me quoting who God says you already are, what God says you already have, and what God said he has enabled you to do. And it's powerful. So if you don't have the in him scriptures, I encourage you to get that. Praise God. Let's open our Bibles to uh, Proverbs the 18th chapter, am I allowed to come off or do I need to stay up for TV? I can come off? Okay. Can somebody grab this for me real quick? Thank you. Praise God. I like to get down here where I can see the whites of your eyes, Brother Allen. <laughs> then if I don't think you're getting it, I'll say it again. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death, this is a scripture that a lot, of familiar, a lot of people are familiar with, probably heard it preached many times through the years. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power. Everybody say power. power. So I was looking this up a number of years ago when the Lord was dealing with me about this. And uh, I found out the Hebrew word for power here, it does mean power down in the, in the definitions. But the main definition of the Hebrew word is hand. 
death and life are in the hand of the tongue. Now, it's kind of a funny visualization when you start visualizing your tongue coming out of your mouth like a hand. <laughs> but people want to be handed things all the time. <laughs> and they're handing themselves things all the time. Not even realize they're handing themselves things by a power they're releasing out of their mouth with the tongue. It is a hand. Uh, the New Century says, um, what you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. The Good News Bible says, what you say can preserve life or destroy it. You must accept the consequences of your words. So I thought, well, you know what? Uh, our tongue has been given us handout for years, so we need to start learning to hand out the right things. So today I'm going to be talking to you about your future, about creating your future. Tonight I'm going to give you a word from the Lord that the Lord gave me for the body of Christ. I have declared it on my daily TV program and in several churches that I've gone to, but it's a preparation word so that you'll be prepared for what's coming down the pipe. There's a lot of great things in the body of Christ, a lot of miracles, working of miracles, special faith gifts, a lot of wonderful moves of the Spirit of God that's been, going to be happening in the days ahead. But at the same time, a thousand are going to fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. And that's going to be worse than 9-11, and you're going to have to be ready to handle that. You're going to be the light that steps into the darkness. And when people are hurting, they look for light. Can I hear an amen? amen. So uh, I'm going to be giving you that word this evening service uh, specifically to prepare you for the days ahead uh, this morning about creating your future. And so God, God says death and life are in the power of the tongue. So I thought, okay, so you got two things that the, the tongue is going to hand you, either death or life. So I looked up the, the two words in the Hebrew. I, I've been studying the Hebrew and the Greek now for 40 years and I looked up this word death, and it's an all-inclusive word. It's death, deadly, premature death, anything that uh, succeeds and leads up to death, sickness, disease, poverty, anxiety, depression, failure, just all those different words that are part of the kingdom of death, kingdom of darkness. And then I looked up the word life, and the word life is a Hebrew word that means uh, things that mean, bring life, sustain life, lively so it would include anything the opposite of death, as a matter of fact. It would be health, prosperity, peace, joy, success, and so forth. So those two things. So when the Lord was showing me that, I decided, you know what, in my study, I want this verse to come alive and mean more to me. So instead of just, just putting the word death and just the word life in there, I'm going to put the words the way they originally heard it when it was spoken in Hebrew and when they heard it. They heard it a lot different, a lot, uh, a lot broader than the way you and I hear it when we read our English translations. So here's what I did. I took those def different definitions of life and death, and I put them in there. And this is how I read it when I started doing that. I said, sickness and health are in the power of the tongue. Prosperity and poverty are in the power of the tongue. Anxiety and peace are in the power of the tongue. Depression and joy are in the power of the tongue. A bad marriage and a good marriage is in the power of the tongue. Wow. 
success or failure and the power of the tongue. I mean, you just go on and on and on. But God said, you're going to release one of those two areas when you're talking, life and death. In fact, let's jump over to 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, where Peter has something to say about the words that come off our tongues. 1 Peter 3.10, it says, he that will love life and seek good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him that will love life. I love my life. I love what I do. For 40 years, I've been living in hotels, restaurants, airplanes, and car rentals. <laughs> and I still love it after doing it for 40 years. Somebody came up recently and said, Brother Larry, when are you going to retire? I said, from what? I don't have a job. I have a calling. I can't see her retiring from a calling, so I think I'll just keep doing what I'm called to do. Hallelujah. And besides that, like I said last time I was here, I'm not letting Moses outdo me. If Jesus tarries, bless God, I'll still be preaching and teaching. I'll still be playing tennis and golf at 120. <laughs> Hallelujah. Healthy and strong, full of life and full of health. Because we live under a better covenant established on better promises than any prophet of the old covenant. That's good news. Greater one dwells on the inside of us. He quickens our bodies, fills our bodies with light, fills our bodies with life, fills our bodies with health, fills our bodies with strength. Every cell of my body is quickened daily by the Spirit of God with life that drives out death, with health that drives out sickness and disease, with light that drives out darkness, with, the, with strength that drives out weakness. That's the Spirit of God that lives in you. But you got to work out that salvation or it'll just sit dormant. Faith can be passive faith. We can have the faith of God. God's given every one of us, Romans 12, 3, he's given every one of us a metron of his faith, the, the Greek says. And guess what? That metron, you could take the metron of faith God give you and you could use just a little teeny itsy bitsy portion of it called a mustard seed size part of it. And it's enough to move any mountain in your life. Amen. So God says, if you want to love life and see good days, you've got to stop your tongue from releasing evil, releasing death, releasing darkness, releasing vain things in your life. Weymouth's New Testament says, if you want to be well satisfied and see happy days, you've got to restrain your tongue from evil. The New Living says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, uh, you've got to keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. So how many of you, according to those translations, want to have a life where good things are always happening, where you're enjoying life, where you're well satisfied and you're always happy? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what everybody wants. Peter was actually quoting the psalmist over in Psalm 34. In fact, I'm going to have you turn over there in Psalm 34 real quick. Psalm chapter 34. And I want you to see what Peter was quoting from here. And then I'm going to show you something. The reason I'm bringing you over here is because the Lord did this with me and, and really gave me some insight. Psalm 34, 12 and 13. What man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. The word guile in the Hebrew means deceit or lies also over there in the Greek. So I, what I did is I took the verses here 
in, in uh, Psalm, and then I took the verses in Peter, and I looked at every Hebrew definition, every Greek definition, and then I, since Peter was quoting the psalmist, then I merged the Hebrew and Greek together. And what light it brought me when I did that. Let me, let me just um, uh, paraphrase what the literal Greek and Hebrew was saying in these two verses that we just read in Peter and Psalm. Uh, who, who among you wants to experience a dynamic and active life? One with longevity and one that continually has good things happening in it? Then don't let your tongue speak anything contrary to God's word. And stop lying or saying anything that would deceive yourself or others. I'm going to read that again. The reason I'm going to read it one more time is because after I wrote that paraphrase, I, I, I didn't realize the Holy Ghost was leading me to do it. After I wrote it, then the Lord spoke to me. And I heard him plainly. It wasn't audible, but I know it was, sounded audible to me, but spoke big and loud on the inside. And he said, now I want you to write the opposite of that paraphrase. Get ready to have your toes stepped on because <laughs> it stepped all over mine, I'm telling you. And so it's going to make me feel good to step on yours right now. No, I'm just kidding. So let me read the paraphrase again. It says, who among you wants to experience a dynamic and active life, one with longevity and one that continually has good things happening in it? Then don't let your tongue speak anything contrary to God's word and stop lying or saying anything that would deceive yourself or others. Here's the opposite. Who among you wants to experience a destructive and depressing life? One that is short-lived and one that continually has bad things happening in it? Then just let your tongue speak everything that comes to your mind. And it's okay to tell little white lies and for that matter, little deceptive things, half-truths, you know, little deceptive things to make yourself look better, feel free to do that as well. Say amen if you can. Say oh me if you can't, because man, I'm telling you, who among you wants to experience a destructive and depressing life? One that's short-lived, one that continually has bad things happening in it? This is going to explain right here why a lot of Christians have bad things happening in their lives and they go to great churches like New Creation Church. They have great pastors like Pastor uh, Mark uh, Bentliff and, and yet their lives are wondering why they're going to church once a week and never spending any other time in the Word and they're wondering why they're not living in victory. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> Who wants to experience a destructive and depressing life, one that's short-lived, one that continually has bad things happening in it? Then just let your tongue speak everything that comes to your mind. Go ahead and speak your mind. And it's okay to tell little white lies, and for that matter, if you want to speak half-truths or little deceptive things to make yourself look better, feel free to do that as well. I'm reminded what the, uh, the psalmist David said over in Psalm 45. In fact, let me, t let me turn you over there, Psalm 45. We're talking about the power of words that um, your words are going to create your future. And if you want your months and years ahead to be good, regardless of what governments do, politics do, regardless of what terrorists do, other religions do, regardless of the, if you want a life that's blessed where you can be happy all the time, I mean, happy 
and Christian go together. It's like I have a hard time understanding Christians that can't be happy. I mean, we ought to be the happiest folk on the planet. I mean, you just take the words from what Pastor Mark said before I ever got up here this morning as, as he's directing us and leads us into confession, speaking to each other. I mean, we could have gone home right then and say, okay, we've had church. Well, if we could take that that he said and start being doers, not just hearers, but doers, oh man, life changing. Because what God did in Christ Jesus, any damage by Adam's fall. Hallelujah. Psalm 45, 1, my heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I've made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Of course, I'm reading from the King James I preach from a lot of different translations. I keep going back to the King James because after 40 years of studying Hebrew and Greek, the King James is the closest translation than all the other translations to the original Hebrew and Greek. Now, there's, you know, you've got to get rid of the these and thous and Elizabeth and English and stuff like that. And it's not perfect either. There's places where, uh, where it's not perfect. But uh, I just can't get away from it. And so some people say, oh, it's just because Brother Larry's almost 70 years old. Yeah, I'll be 70 next year. Uh, no, that's not why I read the King James, because I study from all of them. All my recordings back there, if you purchase any of those recordings, I quote a lot of different translations, because they bring different light and insight. But you have to be careful, because each writer of a paraphrase puts their own idea and their own thinking of what the way they believe, and, and so they put that into their writing when they're paraphrasing. That's why I'm writing a paraphrase right now of the Bible, Myself, somebody asked me when I'd be finished. I said, well, hopefully by the time I'm 80. Because, <laughs> man, when you're busy with daily TV and you're traveling 40 to 45 weeks out of 52 each year, been doing it for 40 years, it's like, okay, I just have to try and fit this in, you know, spending time writing the paraphrase. It's taking a lot of time. But God said, my heart is indicting a good matter. What does that mean? Let me just go over what the literal Hebrew is saying with each of these statements uh, my heart's indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I've made touching the king, and my tongue's a pen of a ready writer. There's three things he says here. So what does he mean when he says, my heart is indicting a good matter? He says, my heart is stirred to speak something good. Did you know you were created? In fact, man was created in the very beginning. You were created to speak good things. You weren't created to be a pessimist. Speak negative things, gripe and complain. You weren't created to do that. Your heart is indicting a good matter. Your heart is, is stirred to speak something good. And then it says in the King James, I speak of the things which I've made touching the king. What that literally means in the Hebrew is my words are made for royalty. Literally, my, my words are... Are we a royal priesthood or what, man? Our words, be, we're part of a royal family. We've been translated out of the bad one. We've been translated into the kingdom of God, the royal family. You are made for royalty. Your words are made for royalty. Hallelujah. And then he says, um, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Literally, the Hebrew says, my tongue cunningly like a skillful writer will choose what is written on the pages of my life. Do you get that? My tongue cunningly like a skillful writer will choose what is written 
on the pages of my life. Right now, the pages of your life for next week and next month and next year are being filled with your words. What are you saying? Don't take your words lightly. Skillfully choose the words you say. This is why we have to be full of God's Word. Now, today, more than ever, with what's going on around the world and the setup of the Ezekiel uh, 38 war and all the stuff in Israel and all the stuff, I, I don't think I'm going to get to live till 120. I think Jesus is going to be coming a lot sooner than that. But if he tarries, then we got a lot of work to do, folks. Because there's a lot of darkness in the world, a lot of evil, and never in, in the history. Because I've had people say, oh, Brother Larry, when you guys say Jesus is coming soon, we he heard our parents say that. We heard our grandparents say that. We heard our great-grandparents say that. We heard our great-great-every generation, oh, Jesus is coming soon, all the way back to the Bible day. Yeah, Jesus is coming soon. But no generation has ever had the fulfillment of what you and I have seen only this generation has it come to where governments and leaders of nations are calling good evil and evil good and full of reprobate minds and void of judgment where they think what they're saying is literally true when they're telling lies. We're seeing that right before our eyes, folks. The setup for the, for the rise of... of uh, when, when we're snatched out of here, people have always wondered, well, when we're snatched out of here, surely there's going to be great revival because all of a sudden billions of people are going to be disappearing. No, they're getting it all set up right, right now with AI, artificial intelligence, and with aliens, and they're going to be able to have it total. By the time we're snatched out of here, they're going to have it so set up that when all of us disappear, they're going to convince everybody via airwaves and everything else, oh, the aliens took them. And people will go, fall for it. And they'll believe it. And then they'll start following the guy that comes up that we call the Antichrist. They'll start following him because he's being groomed even as we speak. My heart is stirred to speak something good. My words are made for royalty. My tongue cunningly like a skillful writer will choose what is written on the pages of my life. Wow. Wow. I mean, think about what the Apostle Paul said. He said, we, uh, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has set us free from the law of sin and death, which I say is outside of Christ Jesus. Right? Think about that. The law of the spirit of life. Well, life is operated by the power of our words. So the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is operated by our words. If you want the spirit of life dominating your finances, your marriage, your emotions, your physical health, everything, you're going to have to release the spirit of life. You're going to have to let it out of your heart, out of your inward man, as the Apostle Paul said. The law of sin and death is the same way. It's, what op it's operated by our words because power of life or death is in the power of the tongue. So your tongue is what releases sickness, poverty, emotional instability, and so forth. But I want to go back to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 for just a minute. If you turn back there, 1 Peter 3, 10, he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil 
and his lips from speaking guile. So all of us want to have a life where good things are always happening, we're enjoying life, we're well satisfied, we're happy. At least I believe that's the way everything is. And since all of us desire that kind of life, then it would behoove us to really get a revelation of this statement, refrain your tongue from evil. So the question becomes, what are evil words? Somebody says, oh, Brother Larry, I don't, I don't uh, speak evil words anymore. I quit cussing when I got saved. <laughs> well, you know, that's commendable when a person stops using foul language in their conversations. But let's see what the Bible calls evil words. If you look up, actually, the Greek uh, definition of evil here, it means bad, evil, things that bring harm, ill will, noisome. Uh, the word noisome is offensive or injurious to health um, and wicked. So any words that we speak that are worthless, harmful, bad, ill-willed, noisome, offensive, injurious to health, and and, um, that kind of thing are called evil words. So let's go back to a passage that we're probably all familiar with in Numbers chapter 13. Let's go back to Numbers 13 and get some more insight into the words that come out of our mouth. Numbers chapter 13, you guys are probably familiar with the chapter where God told Moses to send 12 men into the land of Canaan to search out the promised land and check it out. In fact, he told them in verse 2 of Numbers 13, I give you the land. So before they ever went into the land, it already belonged to them. It was already their possession. It belonged to them. So they went in, they searched the land, they returned and and brought back a a report, even some fruit from it. We're going to pick it up in verse 27 of Numbers 13. Numbers 13, 27, where they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and truly it flows with milk and honey. This is the fruit of it. So in other words, God told them to go check it out, and it's the land that flows with milk and honey. So they went in, and they found all this fruit, and... uh, they got these huge, these huge fruit and had to carry them on, on the backs of their shoulders and carried them back. And the first thing they said when they're bringing them back, because everybody's looking at the fruit that they're carrying, you know, in between two people on these stalks. And, and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, God. And they said, yep, it's, it's true. It's a land that flows with milk and honey, and, and here's the fruit. In other words, the very first thing they said was, a, uh, was in direct agreement with what God said. That was good. Just turned for the worse real quick. Next verse, they said, nevertheless. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very long, are very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which were the giants. Uh, Verse 29, they continued to report about all the people who inhabited the different regions of the land. And also, uh, well, actually, while they were speaking... Caleb, while they're talking, given given this report of all the bad stuff in the land, Caleb speaks up in verse 30 and said, let's go up at once and possess it. We're well able to overcome it. So here's somebody, actually Joshua and Caleb, two of the 12, uh, decided to believe what God said. God said, I give you the land, go search it out. They're thinking, okay, if if you gave it to us, it's ours, so nobody can stop us from taking it because we got God on our side. So let's go up at once and possess it. We're well able. We got God on our side, right? So, of course, what Caleb said, you guys know the story, it did not please the others that had gone into the land with him. And they immediately spoke, look at verse 31, what they said, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we are. And they continued in verse 32, the land through which we've gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. 
Verse 33, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. I want you to notice what the 10 of the 12, 10 of the 12 spies reported. They reported, let's see, how strong the people were, how massive the walls around the city were, how there were giant people in the land, and they were not sufficient to be able to take the land. In fact, they said we felt like grasshoppers. So what was it that these guys were reporting? They were reporting facts. They were reporting reality. Hmm. When I quoted verse 32, I purposely omitted the very first part of the verse. Let's go back up to verse 32. Because uh, uh, look at the very first part of the verse and see what God said about their report, what they were reporting it says, and they gave the children of Israel, the New King James says, a bad report, or the King James says, an evil report. They gave a bad report. In other words, God said the words that came out of their mouths were bad or evil words. What were those ten spies reporting? They were speaking facts. They were speaking reality. You know, to most people, speaking facts or realities seem like truth. In fact, you'll even hear people say, well, let me just tell you the truth. And they'll go ahead and tell you the facts and the realities. That's what the ten spies did. They spoke out what they saw and how it made them feel. They merely spoke the facts and what was real to them. But God called it evil. Why? Because what they said went, went against what God had already said. Listen, God knew, God knew the obstacles better than they did. Before they ever went in the land, God knew that from a natural, humanly standpoint, the people that were currently dwelling in the land were bigger and stronger than the children of Israel. He knew that. But God also knew that the facts were subject to change. God never said, go search the land and come back and tell me if you think you're strong enough to take it. Go search out the land and see if you tell me if you come back and tell me if you're smart enough. Think you can overcome them somehow. Listen, anytime God gives us a word, I'm talking about any word of the Bible. Anytime God gives us a word, when we believe it, there is an empowerment called grace. There is an empowerment that enables us to be, do, and have, and, and accomplish everything that that word says. It takes you out of the realm of the natural and puts the super with it. The mere fact that God said, I give you the land, means they were now empowered by God's word to go possess it. So when they spoke the natural facts and the realities of the situation, they were speaking contrary to what God had already spoken, and God said their words were evil. He said they brought back an evil report saying, what did they say? The giants are huge. They're stronger than we are. The cities are walled and unscalable. We look like grasshoppers to them, and we felt like grasshoppers. What were they speaking? They were speaking what they saw and felt. In other words, they were speaking the reality of the particular situation they were in, and the facts and how it made them feel, and God said they were speaking evil. 
Hmm. He who would love life and see many good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. That means when the facts and realities of our problems, our situations, our tests, and our trials don't agree with God's word, then we've got to speak what God's word says. If we speak the facts and realities that are contrary to what God says, we're telling lies. In, in fact, I looked up... Um, this word evil report right here in the Hebrew, they gave an evil report. It's actually the Hebrew word debah, and the word debah means slander. So I looked up the definition of slander. The, the word slander means the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. You want to mess your reputation up, mess your life up? <laughs> Go ahead and just keep speaking things contrary to God's word. It's debah. It's slander. It's, it's called the action or crime of making a false spoken statement. They thought they were speaking the truth when they were talking the facts. That's what most Christians do today. They think, well, I'm just telling you the truth. And really all they're doing is telling you how they feel or what it looks like or what it sounds like by their physical, uh, natural emotions and their, and their physical realm. So the question to me was, when, I, when God was revealing all this to me years ago, I said, then did it matter what they spoke? And if you go on, in fact, let's just pick it up in the next chapter, verse 1, uh, Numbers chapter 4. Let's, fi let's find out if their words mattered, what they spoke mattered, because it was a totally against God, and life and death are in the power. of They weren't releasing life. Joshua and Caleb were. They got to go and possess the land. But let's go on. In verse 1, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said, we wish God would just let us die in Egypt. The only good thing about those words is that could not happen because they had already left Egypt. <laughs> so at least, at least they're not going to get death from those words. <laughs> if they would have stopped there, it would have been Maybe part, partly okay, but the problem is they didn't shut up. They went on, we wish God would have let us die in Egypt, and then they said, or we just wish God would let us die in this wilderness. Uh-oh. So skip down to verse 26. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, verse 27, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation? He was not calling them evil. If you study it out in the sense of like the devil's evil, he was letting them know you guys are yielding to evil, you're believing evil, and you're speaking evil, and that's what you're going to have in your life. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? We just read in verse 1 and 2 they were murmuring against Aaron and Moses. God took it personal, didn't he? He said, I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say in verse 28, as I truly live, says the Lord, as you've spoken in my ears, so will I do. Skip down to verse 36. And the men, here's the men that spoke the evil words. And the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land. That's that word evil report. Even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. Wow. Life and death is released in the power of the tongue. Your tongue is going to hand you things regularly. Do you want to be happy next week, next month, next year? 
You better get so full of God's word that when any pressure comes to you, you're, you're like a, a sponge that gets full of water. When a sponge gets full of water, it doesn't matter how the pressure comes, water's coming out. It doesn't matter where, what direction the pressure comes from. It doesn't matter what's applying the pressure, what situation or circumstance. If it's full of water, water's coming out. You need to be so full of the word that people look at you and say, whew, Bucky, you're full of it. (laughs) You need to be so full of the word, that's all that comes out. So then my question to the Lord then, when, when the Lord was showing all this to me, uh, I, I, I was asking, okay, Lord, give me an example in the New Covenant. He took me over to Luke. In fact, it's a, it's a scripture that people read during the Christmas time story. Let's go over to Luke chapter 1 real quick, and then I'm going to show you something else the Lord showed me. But Luke chapter 1 is a story where Zacharias had an angel appear to him. Remember, Zacharias and Elizabeth were real, real old. They, they were trying to have kids, and they couldn't, and so... Uh, Gabriel appears, appears to him and uh, talks to him. So let's, let's pick it up. Uh, verse 5, Luke 1, 5. There was in the, Luke chapter 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia and his wife, uh, the daughter of Aaron, her name was Elizabeth. Uh, verse 11, skip down to verse 11 for time's sake. There appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell on him. But the angel said to him, uh, don't fear, Zacharias, your prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth is going to bear a son. She's going to call his name John, and you'll have joy and gladness, and many are going to rejoice at his birth. And uh, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And, of course, you know, when, when uh, Gabriel appeared, um, Zacharias in verse 18 said, well, how do I know this is going to happen? I'm an old man, and my wife's stricken, stricken in years. So... Let me ask you this question. If you had an angel appear to you and it seemed like everything was all of a sudden turning for your good, like you'd been praying about something and the angel said, okay, your prayer's been heard and it's going to be answered, wouldn't that bring you great joy? <laughs> it seems like it would, but, but he says, uh, no, uh, I, I don't believe this. And so um, he said, I'm old and my wife is old. So, um, boy, I tell you what, that didn't set well with God because remember, Gabriel was a spokesman for God. And in 19, he answered and said, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God to show you these glad tidings. In other words, God sent me here, and what I just told you should make you glad, dude. (laughs) But because you will not believe my words, verse 20, you're going to be mute, made dumb until John John the baptizer is born. And so he let him know. He said, because, look at verse 20, behold, you shall be dumb, not able to speak, because the things you uh, are speaking, you believe not my words, they shall be fulfilled in their season. I want you to see verse 20, and we're going to have to close for this first service, but verse 20, notice, because you believe not my words, which shall be fulfilled. Gabriel had to shut Zacharias' mouth, or the plan of God would have been stopped. Think about that. He said, I'm going to have to shut your mouth because these things have to be fulfilled. And your words have that much power. Life or death in the power of the tongue. Message Bible of Proverbs says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit 
you choose. Father, thank you for this word this morning. Thank you for helping us understand the importance and the power that's released out of the mouth. Help us to get so full of God's word that that's all that comes out. When we face the hard times, the circumstances, the situations that seem insurmountable and not able to overcome, help us to only say what you say, Lord God. Not the facts, not the realities to our physical senses, but to our sixth sense, faith. Faith in what Jesus has done for us at the cross and through his resurrection. And Father, I pray if there's anyone in this place not born again, anyone watching live stream that's not born again, that they would realize that the Bible says it is written, today is the day of salvation, right now is the accepted time. I pray that not one person within the sound of my voice would reject Jesus, but every single one would accept him and make the kingdom of God their eternal home. And I am praying that for your honor and for your glory. Real quick, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, is there anyone present this morning and you've never accepted Jesus and you would like to? You could be part of the family of the kingdom of God and have a wonderful future ahead of you and an eternity that's wonderful ahead of you. But you need to know Jesus, John 14, 6. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. There's no other name. There's no other religion that can get you there. You have to receive Jesus. So if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus and you would like me to pray for you today, slip your hand up high enough that I see it. I'll slowly look across the congregation. Once I see your hand, I'll acknowledge it. You can put it right back down. But if you've never accepted Jesus and you want to, lift your hand up real quick. Anybody? Anybody at all? All right, everybody, lift up your head, open your eyes, look at me. If you are, because you didn't lift your hand, so I'm assuming everybody's accepted Jesus. If you are a child of God, if you have accepted Jesus, and you're not ashamed of him, hold your hand up real high. I'm not ashamed. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. Amen. Amen. Good. That looks like we're all family here. Um, I will tell family members, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. More imperative to be endued with power from on high in these last days more than ever. It's one thing to be born of the Spirit, another thing to be filled with the Spirit. So if you're not filled and you want to be, nobody makes anybody, you know, you can't, God doesn't make you get saved. He doesn't make you get filled with the Spirit of God. He doesn't make you speak in tongues. He doesn't make you get healed, but it's available to you. So if you want to be filled with the Spirit, please let us know, the pastor's, the ushers, the sound people, they'll get you filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter who you talk to here. If you want to be filled, just let us know before you leave, and we'll make sure you get filled. And then uh, once pastor dismisses, I know he's going to give you an opportunity to sow into our ministry. Um, so, man, we've been, <laughs> we have been getting so many people saved. How many of you remember we started a few years back advertising on Google to get people saved? And we were believing for 100,000. Last time, we, I don't think we were quite there. Well, we've surpassed 100,000 souls saved now on Google. And listen, listen to this. We are now at 165,000 plus. So we're believing for 200,000 people saved by our advertising on Google. When somebody uh, types in, how do I get saved? If they happen to click on our link and then they go and read our salvation prayer, they get saved, we find out about it. I'm telling you, we're believing for 200,000. So that's what you're sowing into today, that kind of ministry that's a word ministry and that, that's getting souls saved all over the world. So love you guys. I can't wait for tonight because I have a word from heaven, a word from the Lord that's going to prepare you for the days ahead. You don't want to miss it. Give your pastor a hand as he comes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Larry.
praise the Lord. I don't even have to ask if you were taught the word today. You were taught the word. Amen. And the importance of the day that we live in and talking about that and knowing the word. You know, as we went into and we're praying into uh, 2023, 2024, uh, continually uh, we're talking about get a daily Bible reading time. And uh, even impacted, you know, the summer before when David Barton was here and he listed our our forefathers and their speeches and all the scripture that was just in their speeches. Why? Because it was so ingrained in them that their their leading, their talking, it was just full of the word of God. And so for our lives, it should be like that. But I mean, great example today of why we want to get into the word. We want to get the word down in our hearts. Why? Because the Bible says that we are to cast down every thought and every imagination that's contrary to the obedience of Christ. If thoughts come and we don't know whether they're contrary or not, it's difficult to throw them down. If we don't throw them down, we will say whatever comes to mind. Such a powerful reference about death and all that goes with it. Just go ahead and if you want death and all that goes with it, just say whatever comes to mind. You know, we used to... Because my girls are there, you know, this song came out a while ago, Say What You Need to Say. That song always irritated me. Because you hear people get all wound up and they just got to say what they need to say. Well, what you need to say might cause death and destruction. Yet you believe, I got to say it or somehow I'm going to explode. No, you won't. It's a lie. You say what's necessary and what's the word of God, not what you feel like you need to say. And so if we know the word, then we know how to cast down the thoughts so that we will say what brings life and all the results of it. So what a, a powerful lesson on life and death is in the power of the tongue. To impress upon our lives, which will equip us to say things that other people aren't saying. Even in the midst of what they're saying, proclaiming death, we proclaim life. Again, you can go read November, uh, November Numbers 13 and find that out again. You know, he showed you what happened to all those who spoke evil, but the two, you already know this, who continued. Even in the midst of that, they did not change their tune. Joshua and Caleb would not fall prey to what everybody else was saying, and they, because of their words, possessed the land. Not only did they possess the land, but they went 40 years, and their health did not diminish. They were as active healthy, vibrant at 80 as they were at 40 because what they spoke not only took them into the land, but it stayed their health, their vitality, and their youth to possess that land. So there's things out there speaking with that that God will keep your energy and your strength to possess. Amen. So the Bible tells us if we are taught the word, we communicate with the teacher in all good things. And so... We have the opportunity, it says, as often as you have opportunity, do good, especially to those of the household of faith. And so we're going to do good in ministering from an offering standpoint to Brother Larry. But as he said, throughout the television, the, the Google, all that, uh, 165,000 plus born again, people receiving the word of God. So in ministering and offering to him and the ministry, we're also doing good to the household of faith that will receive that and be built up with that. So again, next congregation, they go out and start speaking life instead of death. Do you think they're being ministered to? Good. 
so we're doing good in even giving as we've received, and we realize this will go somewhere else, and we want to help and be generous in that way. So if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. If you're watching online, you can give. You can go onto our website, get, go to the Give button, and uh, you can give that way. Uh, if you're giving by text, the number is up there, all those different ways. Uh, you can participate in giving, take advantage of the opportunity that we have. It says, as often as you have opportunity. And so, you know, there's many times we have a good opportunity, and uh, man, God's blessed us so that we are able to give to every charitable donation, all sufficiency in all things. Amen. Praise the Lord. So are we ready? Father, we thank you for what we have received today. We thank you, Father, that we've come. We've just opened our hearts. You placed a gift in the body that just brought wisdom and understanding that we can receive planted into our hearts that will grow up in our life and produce 30, 60, and 100-fold if we don't allow it to be stolen, choked out, or burned up. And so we have received. And as we have received freely, then we also, our hearts are generous to just as freely communicate with the teacher and the good things that you have blessed our life with. So as we take advantage of this opportunity, Father, I declare the blessing of your word upon each and every one. That as they sow, you give them more seed to sow. And you also give them bread for food. I thank you, Father, that you supply their every need according to your riches in glory by Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, that as they've given, it'll be given back to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will others give into their bosom. We declare that according to your word upon each and every giver. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. Praise the Lord. I invite you to stay for the next service. And uh, praise the Lord. It might be the same word, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Generally, it's not exactly the same word because different people put a different draw. So you could be, get full of that. Uh, if not, tonight at 6 o'clock, again, as Brother Larry said, you don't want to miss it, God's speaking to us. Amen. God's speaking to us is a good thing. Amen. Once the bucket has gone by, why don't you stand up? Say as we go what God did in Christ Jesus. All right, we're going to have to be a little bit more enthusiastic. All right, so we've kind of let you be mellow today. Just take it in, but we're going to leave with a little bit more enthusiasm about what God has done in Christ Jesus, all right? What God did in Christ Jesus? Fork seeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day.